Hey, this is John Orberg, and we are walking together through adopting a posture towards God, towards life, towards other people, towards ourselves of radical acceptance, radical openness to uh, uh, gifts that we cannot uh, earn or force that we're not in control of. And today is maybe the central one, the one that certainly is at the heart of this season, and that is the gift of presence, the gift of the name that was given to Jesus, Emmanuel, God is with us. You are not alone. I'm not alone. And I want to invite you today to begin to think about this. We're going to work on receiving it, accepting it, even though you may feel inadequate spiritually, maybe especially though we might, or might feel quite far from God, or feel like other people are way more spiritual than us, or that I have done things that would disqualify me from such a gift. Uh, that I'm not nearly pure enough in my own heart or my own motivations. I'm going to ask you to put all that aside and receive, as a radical gift, the gift of God's presence. We were made to be attached to God. There's a book that got written about 10 years ago. It's called Attachment. And it's uh, hot as a firecracker. It's one of the very rare books that's been out for more than 10 years. And it's selling more every year than it did the previous year. And the thesis is quite simple. It's that just as little children are born to be attached to their parents, to their caregivers, and they will develop based on that experience certain styles, then when we grow up, the relational styles that we have in adult relationships actually mirror the styles around the attachment that we had when we were little children. And particularly folks that are interested in dating, and if you are interested in dating, you might have heard about this book. It is being talked about literally as the Bible by some folks. And people get uh, put into one of three categories, either secure attachment where you desire intimacy and you're capable for it and you're able to give and receive love. Or some folks have what's called an anxious attachment style. And if this is the case, then I'm, I'm actually uh, obsessed with relationship, obsessed with being loved, and I become hypervigilant about the other person. Am I going to lose your love? And I get worried about that. Or the other attachment style is sometimes called avoidant. And in that one, actually, I'm concerned that if you get too attached to me, if I get too relationally connected to somebody else, it's going to impinge on my freedom, and I might be smothered, and I might lose my options. And so I actually avoid too much intimacy in relationship. And the whole book is just caught on enormously where people want to know, like within the first couple of dates, which one are you? And is my style going to mess with your style? And all of that goes back to the fact that when we are small children, we are born with a need to attach. Uh, our brains actually have a mechanism that's sometimes called an attachment system, and it motivates a little infant to see, seek proximity with the caregiver and to initiate conversation. And you can tell attachment is kicking in when a baby is first born for the first couple of weeks or months. It doesn't really matter who holds that baby. But somewhere around seven months or so, that baby becomes aware. Not all adults are the same. And it develops an attachment with a mom or a dad or a caregiver. And when there is stress, when something is unusual or something is threatening, the baby wants that caregiver above all. And when there's a secure sense of attachment to that caregiver, then the baby actually internalizes that. 
uh, writer by the name of Dan Siegel s- describes his work uh, with the phrase interpersonal neurobiology because he says that we are our biology, we are our bodies, in particular, we're uh, the neuron system that we have, but then we're relationships. And uh, when I am soothed or cared for by you, that actually becomes a part of my own neurological system. And then I'm able to soothe myself. Siegel says, and this is all going to relate now to our relationship with God, that when a parent attends to and is attuned with the inner subjective experience of a child, that child thrives. And there's a little paragraph I wanted to share with you. This is from Daniel Siegel's book, The Developing Mind, where he describes about what attunement looks like between a therapist and a client. And it's just a remarkable interaction between two people. This is what parents do all the time. He writes, A 30-year-old woman sits quietly in the chair in my therapy office. She looks puzzled as I repeat my question, How was your visit with your mother last weekend? She bites her lip, looks away, gazes down toward the floor, saying nothing. She reaches up and covers her eyes with her arm. Her breathing becomes more rapid and shallow. She taps her foot nervously on the floor. Silence. My heart begins to accelerate. This is Siegel writing now. I find myself looking down at the floor. Notice my own foot tapping. My own state of mind is revealed in nonverbal signals. Facial expression, eye gaze, bodily motion, tone of voice, and the timing of verbal signals, whether fast, slow, in response to other comments or the like. My voice is low in volume, and I slowly say, Oh, it was a hard weekend. My head feels as though it is about to burst. Horrible, the woman suddenly exclaims. The pressure in my head dissipates with a sense of relief. The muscles in my face begin to relax from their drawn, tightened state as hers also relax. The patient's body becomes less tense. Horrible, she moans, now with tears in her eyes. And he goes on to say that what the woman describes to him is she feels when she is with him as though she feels felt. Like somebody else gets it. Somebody else understands. And it's this remarkable passage where he describes not simply the conveyance of information, but he's actually experiencing inside his body with the increase of his own heart rate and a sense of pressure or pain inside of his own head. He's experiencing inside his body what's taking place in her body. In other words, there is something incarnational, embodied about the very act of love. And we were made to seek by proximity and communication a sense of attachment. And when we have it, we are secure to live. And I believe what all this is showing us is that we were made to be attached to God. God has created us in a remarkable way. God invented gifts like parenthood and interpersonal neurobiology as little indicators that we are spiritual beings, not just physical, and we were made to be attached with God. And this is what Christmas is about above all. The incarnation is Jesus fulfilling what Dallas Willard used to say was the theme of the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation, the offer of with God life, attachment to the divine, centered in the person and message of Jesus Christ. Siegel says, every human being needs 
in order to live a flourishing life to be seen and that is what God does uh, Psalm 121 the Lord watches over your life the Lord watches over your coming and going both now and forevermore God knows what is going on not just with your body but inside in your mind every human being needs to be soothed when you say to a little baby it's okay honey honey I know I know neurons are forming that allow that baby to begin to soothe him or herself it becomes inside God says comfort comfort my people the most common command in the Bible is fear not and the idea is not feel guilty if you are afraid the idea is it is the soothing word of the God who loves you every human being needs to be secure the psalmist says the Lord is my rock and my salvation every human being needs to be safe yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me we are made to be attached to God but we suffer from a kind of divine attachment disorder and we get anxious about our relationship with God I'm afraid I haven't done enough I'm afraid I'm not good enough I'm afraid I'm inadequate or we get avoidant of God it's very interesting that if you go back to the garden when the evil one is trying to pry people away from God before sin God tries to talk them into an avoidance mode did God really say is God trying to keep you from doing something you want don't be around God and then after sin after the fall they go into anxious mode Adam where were you I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and so I hid but what Jesus offers is not an avoidant God and is not an anxious God it is the security of being loved by a God who sees you the hairs on your head are numbered there's not a sparrow that can fall out of a nest God doesn't see and who soothes you let not your heart be troubled and who secures you the Lord is my light and my salvation the Lord is my rock and who makes you safe going through the valley of the shadow of death so now today set aside anything in me in you that is anxious about God be honest about anything in me in you that would cause me to avoid God and accept as the sure and certain promise that is the message of this season God is Jesus God is Emmanuel God sees everything about you God cares about your fears God is walking with you so that you can be safe and secure in him today take that word with 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 and let it come when I'm confused when I'm frightened when I'm uncertain when I feel guilty when I've got a problem God is the God that is with. He'll be with you today. I'll see you tomorrow. Hey, we're so glad you're here. More than a video to watch, we hope this is a community you can engage with. So add your voice to the comments. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram, or join our Facebook group, becomenew.me. We'll be posting daily questions and resources for you to engage with. And if you want real-time text alerts, you can text the word BECOME to the number 56525.
So take a step, get connected, and we'll see you next time.